Shalom Aleichem, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. Today we are looking at this week's Torah portion, which happens to be called Vayira, which means, and I appeared. Here's the portion summary. The second reading from the book of Exodus and the 14th reading from the Torah is named Vayira, which means, and I appeared. The title comes from the first words of the second verse of the reading, which says, And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty. The portion begins with four expressions of redemption, whereby God promises to bring Israel out of Egyptian bondage. The narrative progresses to tell the story of the first seven of the ten plagues that God unleashes on Egypt. So here's kind of the outline. We have the genealogy of Moses and Aaron. Moses and Aaron obey God's commands. Aaron's miraculous rod. We have the first plague, the second plague, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh plague, which deals with water turning to blood, frogs, gnats, flies, livestock diseased, boils, thunder, and hail. Now, one important aspect that the portion summary doesn't really address that's important to know as backdrop is that the very title is called, And I Appeared, and that comes from verse 3 where God says, And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of Elohim Shaddai, which is translated as God Almighty, comma, but my name, Yehovah, or Yehovah, was I not known to them. So here God is making the point that while he was known as God Almighty to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he has decided to be more intimate with Moses and Yisrael by revealing his true holy name. Almost all modern English Bibles use the word Lord, capital L-O-R-D, for God's name when it's when it appears in the Hebrew text throughout the Old Covenant scriptures. However, to the credit of the King James Bible, they have translated God's name properly in a handful of verses, starting with the one we just read. So if you pick up a modern Bible, it'll just say Lord as normal. It'll say, but by my name, the Lord, was I not known to them. But if you pick up a King James Bible, it'll say, but by my name, Ye Jehovah was I not known to them. By the way, it's important to note that the J used to have a Y sound a couple hundred years ago. Okay, so they weren't saying it was Jehovah, they were saying it was Yehovah. That's what the translators of the King James Bible, that's how they believed it was pronounced. So, just for this particular study, uh, the 72 times where it says, capital L-O-R-D, we're going to use God's name because he emphasizes it in this portion. So 72 times in Exodus chapter 6, starting with verse 2 through Exodus 9, verse 35, uh, it's translated as Lord. And it's over 6,000 times in the Old Testament where you have God's name, uh, but then we replace it with Lord. And with the exception of the King James and a couple of others, it's never even addressed. Uh, now I have some theories on why this happened and why God allowed it and his sovereignty to happen, but I'm not going to dig into that this morning. 
However, if you want to go to scriptureandprophecy.com, and it'll be the first post, it'll say Tor Portion Week 14, you can open that up, and you can download the PDF of what I'm about to read, which is just the King James Version uh, with the name Jehovah restored back into the text, um, and a couple of footnotes uh, are included. Uh, you can download that by simply going to the post and clicking on it. So if, you are, if you're listening from home and you want to read along, you can go and download uh, the portion of Exodus 6-2 through 9-35 uh, this morning. So as much as I'd love to have written more, had more time to written more footnotes and commentary and things, I just didn't have the time. But I did at least have enough time to put this together for you uh, so you can follow along. All right. Introductions out of the way, let's look at this week's portion that deals with the first seven plagues poured out upon Egypt. It's very, very interesting, and uh, I think you're going to be blessed this morning. So without further delay, let's begin. Exodus chapter 6, starting with verse 2. And Elohim spake unto Moses, and said, I am Jehovah. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, by the name of Elohim Shaddai, that is to say, God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, wherein they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am Jehovah, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a Elohim, and ye shall know that I am Jehovah your Elohim, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land concerning which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to you for an inheritance, for a heritage. I am Jehovah. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel, but they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And Jehovah spake unto Moses, saying, Go in, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he would let the children of Israel go out of his land. And Moses spake before Jehovah, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of an uncircumcised lips? Please note, Moses is very concerned about his speech impediment or whatever he's dealing with. When he says uncircumcised lips, referring to himself, he simply means unskilled speech. He's not a good talker. He's saying, the children of Israel won't even listen to me. How is, how is it then that Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, will actually listen to what I have to say? Verse 13. And Jehovah spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them charge unto the children of Israel, and unto Pharaoh king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. These be the heads of their fathers' houses, 
the sons of Reuben, the firstborn, Yisrael, Hanak, Palu, Hezron, and Karamai, these be the families of Reuben. And the sons of Simeon, Jimiel, Jamin, Ohad, Jachin, and Zohar, and Shaul, the son of the Canaanite woman, the Canaanite woman, these are the families of Simeon. These are the names of the sons of Levi according to their generations, Gershon, Kohath, Marari, and the years of the life of Levi were a hundred and thirty and seven years. The sons of Gershon, Libni, and Shimi according to their families, and the sons of Kohath, Amram, and Izhar, and Habram, and Uziel, and the years of the life of Kohath were a hundred thirty and three years. And the sons of Merari, Mahali, and Mushi, these are the families of Levi according to their generations. And Amram took him Jochabed, his father's sister, to wife, and she bare him Aaron and Moses. And the years of the life of Amram were a hundred and thirty and seven years. And the sons of Izhar, Korah, and Napheg, and Zikri, these sons of Uziel, Mishiel, and Elazaphon, and Zithri, and Aaron took him Elishaba, daughter of Aninababad, Aminabadab, sister of Nahashan, to wife. And she bare him Nadab, Abahu, Elizar, and Ithamar. And the sons of Korah, Isir, Elkanah, Abasath, these were the families of the Korahites. And Elizar, and Elizar Aaron's son, took him one of the daughters of Putuel to wife. And she bare him Phinehas. These are the heads of the fathers of the Levites according to their families. These are that Aaron and Moses to whom Jehovah said, Bring out the children of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their armies. These are they which spake to Pharaoh king of Egypt to bring out the children of Israel from Egypt. These are that Moses and Aaron. And it came to pass on the day when Jehovah spake unto Moses in the land of Egypt, that Jehovah spoke unto Moses, saying, I am Jehovah, speak thou unto Pharaoh king of Egypt all that I say unto thee. And Moses said before Jehovah, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh hearken unto me? And Jehovah said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a Elohim to Pharaoh, and Aaron thy brother shall be thy prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. And Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart to multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt, and bring forth my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And all the Egyptians shall know that I am Jehovah when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt, and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Please note, some people struggle with this idea that, well, Pharaoh didn't have a choice. You know, God's hardening his heart, and so he can't let the children of Israel go. Well, that's true, but there's a purpose for it that God has made very clear. Number one, he intends to judge Egypt and Pharaoh for what they've done to Israel what they've done to his people. Um, he says that I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply, multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt, but Pharaoh shall not hearken to you, 
Why? That I may lay my hand upon Egypt. Okay, so he has his purposes. He want, he, he's going to judge Egypt, and it's going to be just judgment for what they have done. And number two, he wants the people of Egypt to know that he is the one true God, that he is Jehovah, when he stretches forth his hand and pours out his judgments. He makes it very clear in the text. Verse 5 says, And the Egyptians shall know that I am Jehovah when I stretch forth my hand upon Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. This is not difficult. We just simply have to read God's word. We have to, yeah, this is the problem is people don't read context. You got to go to the next few verses and usually you get the answer to the question that you're asking. Let's continue on. Verse 6. And Moses and Aaron did as Jehovah commanded them. So did they. And Moses was fourscore years old, and Aaron fourscore and three years old, when they spake unto Pharaoh. Please note, that means Moses was eighty years old, and Aaron was eighty-three. Continuing on with verse eight. And Jehovah spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh shall speak unto you, saying, Show a miracle for you. Then thou shalt say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall become a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went unto Pharaoh, and they did so as Jehovah had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. Now the Egyptians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Okay. We have to take a, we have to take a minute to address this. Aaron, Aaron throws down his rod, and by the power of God, it becomes a serpent. But then Pharaoh calls his magicians and his sorcerers, and they recreate the miracle. How is this possible? Well, let's, let's start by looking at who are the sorcerers and who are the magicians. Now, in the New Testament, a sorcerer is referred to as a pharmacus, which means a, which is where we would get the uh, English word pharmacist. And sorcery is referred to as pharmakia, which is where we get the word pharmaceutical. So, in modern times, modern day sorcery deals with pharmaceutical drugs, which is used according to the book of Revelation to deceive the nations. However, at this time, a sorcerer which in Hebrew is a kashfa, kashafa, kash, a kashaf, which literally means to practice witchcraft or sorcery using witchcraft. To whisper a spell, to enchant. And a magician in Hebrew is khartom, khartom, khartom which is a diviner, a magician, an astrologer. They would use engraving and writing in a sense to possess occult knowledge. Uh, they would also do like horoscopes and magical lines and circles. And so, by the way, this is not a dead art. 
Witchcraft is alive and thriving today. In fact, if you're if you can receive it, if your mind can comprehend it, it's being used on you on a regular basis through your television and through Hollywood. They use the symbols, all the occult, all the old symbols of old from e- from the ancient Egypt, where the occult really was high and powerful. They used this very day. In fact, go Google just Hollywood stars cover their eye, and you will see them doing the eye. Uh, you have to research it. I'm not going to spend hours explaining all the symbolism, but they use the dead sheep symbolism. That's where you make a triangle and you stick your tongue through it. They're referring to us when they do that. They use the all-seeing eye or the eye of Horus where they cover their eye. Even Hollywood and musicians who claim to be Christians, you can find images of them doing this posing for magazines. Okay, They're doing it to because part of their witchcraft because of part of their uh, allegiance to the darkness. I mean, it goes on and on and on. It's a long topic to research. Uh, but this, it's, it was going on in the days of Egypt. It produced actual real results as we see here in the scriptures. And it's, it's being used today and used on us. And this is why I say be careful about what you're watching, what you're allowing before your eyes and into your ears and things like that because you welcome, you give Satan a foothold, you give him permission to harass you. And you're saying, why do I have all these problems? Why, do, why am I being spiritually attacked day to day? Well, it starts with the doors that you leave open. Again, a long conversation, but these were real, real sorcerers, real mag- magicians, using real occult knowledge and real occult power. Moving on, do your own research. Don't take my word for it. But it doesn't matter because their power is nothing compared to God's power, as we see. Verse twelve: For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them, as Jehovah had said. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and he refuses to let the people go. Get thee unto Pharaoh in the morning. Lo, he goeth out unto the water. And thou shalt stand by the river's brink, against he come, with the rod which was turned to a serpent, shalt thou take in thy hand. And thou shalt say unto him, Yehovah Elohai of the Hebrews hath sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, hitherto thou wouldn't not hear. Thus saith Yehovah, In this shalt thou know that I am Yehovah. Behold, I will smite with the rod that is in my hand upon the waters, which are in the river, and it shall be turned to blood. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink the water of the river. And Jehovah spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Take thy rod, and stretch out thy hand upon the waters of Egypt, upon their streams, and upon their rivers, and upon their ponds, and upon all their pools of water, that they may become blood, and that there may be blood throughout all the land of Egypt. 
both in vessel of wood and in vessels of stone. Moses and Aaron did so as Jehovah commanded, and he lifted up the rod and he smote the waters that were in the river in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants, and all the water that were in the river turned into blood. And the fish that was in the river died, and the river stank, and the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river, and there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, neither did he hearken unto them as Jehovah had said. So once again, the magicians come along and they recreate the miracle using occult power. Verse 23, And Pharaoh turned and he went into his house, neither did he set his heart to this also. And all the Egyptians digged round about the river for water to drink, for they could not drink of the water of the river. And seven days were fulfilled. After that, Jehovah had smitten the river. And Jehovah spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith Jehovah, Let my people go that they may serve me. And if thou refusest to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into thy house and into thy bedchamber, and upon thy bed, and into thy house of thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy ovens, and into thy kneading troughs. And the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon thy people, and upon all the servants. And Jehovah spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thy hand with the rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched forth his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat Jehovah that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go, that they may do a sacrifice unto Jehovah. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me, when shall I entreat for thee, and for thy servants and for thy people, to destroy the frogs from thee in thy houses, that they may remain in the river only? He said, Tomorrow. And he said, Be it according to thy word, that thou mayest know that there is none like unto Jehovah our Eloheinu. And the frogs shall depart from thee, and from thy houses, and from thy servants, and from thy people. They shall remain in the river only. And Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh, and Moses cried unto Jehovah because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh. And Jehovah did according to the word of Moses. And the frogs died out of the house, out of the villages, and out of the fields. And they gathered them together upon heaps, and the land stank. But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart, and he hearkened not unto them, as Jehovah had said. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch out thy rod, and smite the dust of the land, that it may become lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And they did so. For Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod, and he smote the dust of the earth, and it became lice in man, and in beasts, and all the dust of the land became lice throughout all the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments to bring forth lice, but they could not. So there were lice upon man and upon beast. And the magicians said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of Elohim. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as Jehovah had said. 
please note. This is the first time that the magicians were unable to recreate the miracle. They realize that they can't do it, that it's only by the power of God. And they even come to Pharaoh and they say, this is the finger of God. <laughs> like, we can't do this. this. This is him alone. But Pharaoh's heart, as Jehovah had said, was still hard. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water and saith to him, Thus saith Jehovah, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Else if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee, and upon thy servants, and upon thy people, and into thy houses, and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies, and also the ground whereon they are. And I will serve in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell. And I'm sorry, start with verse 22 again. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies shall be there, to the end thou may knowest that I am Jehovah in the midst of the earth. So here's the, here's the plague that's getting ready to happen. It's going to be a plague of flies. It's going to torment all the people. But God says, I'm going to separate. I'm going to sever the land of Goshen where the, where the Hebrews are. They're not even going to have this problem. It's only going to be you specifically because I am the God of gods. I am the one true God. And I am able to judge nation and preserve my people from that judgment who live in the midst of the nation that's how powerful I am. And you'll know that I am Jehovah in the midst of the earth. Continuing on, verse 23. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. And Jehovah did so, and there came a grievous swarm of flies into the house of Pharaoh and into his servants' houses and unto the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted by reason of the swarm of flies, and Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go ye, sacrifice to your Elohim in the land. And Moses said, It is not meet so to do, for we shall sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians to Jehovah Eloheinu? Lo, shall we sacrifice the abominations of the Egyptians before their eyes? Will they not stone us? We will go three days' journey into the wilderness and sacrifice unto Jehovah Eloheinu. As he has commanded us. And Pharaoh said, I will let you go that you may sacrifice to Jehovah Elohaikah in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away, entreat for me. And Moses said, Behold, I go out from thee, and I will entreat Jehovah that the swarm of flies may depart from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people tomorrow. But let not Pharaoh deal deceitfully any more, and not letting the people go to sacrifice to Jehovah. Moses went out from Pharaoh and entreated Jehovah. And Jehovah did according to the word of Moses, and he removed the swarm of flies from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. There remained not one. And Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also, neither would he let the people go. Then Jehovah said unto Moses, Go into Pharaoh, and tell him, Thus saith Jehovah Elohai of the Hebrews. Let my people go, that they may serve me. For if thou refuse to let them go, and will hold them still, behold, the hand of Jehovah is, behind, is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, and upon the horses, and upon the asses, and upon the camels, and upon the oxen, and upon the sheep. That should be a very grievous moraine. And Jehovah shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt. 
and there shall nothing die of all that is of the children of Israel. And Jehovah appointed a set time, saying, Tomorrow Jehovah shall do this thing in the land. And Jehovah did that thing in the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died, but the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. And Jehovah said unto Moses and unto Aaron, Take to you handfuls of ashes of the furnace, and let Moses sprinkle it toward the heaven in the sight of Pharaoh. And it shall become a small dust in all the land of Egypt, and shall be a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beasts throughout all the land of Egypt. And he took the ashes of the furnace and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses sprinkled it up towards heaven. And it became a boil breaking forth with blains upon man and upon beast. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boil was upon the magicians and all the Egyptians. And Jehovah hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he hearkened not unto them, as Jehovah had spoken unto Moses. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say unto him, Thus saith Jehovah Elohai of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. For I will at this time send all my plagues upon thy heart and upon thy servants and upon thy people, that thou mayest know that there is none like me in all the earth. For now I will stretch out my hand, that I smite thee and thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. And in very deed for this cause have I raised thee up, to show in thee my power that, I, that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. Please note, again, you're wondering, why is this happening to Pharaoh? Why is this happening to Egypt? Here's another reason that God gives. He's telling Pharaoh, though, I specifically raised you up. I foreordained you to exist and to be king for this purpose, which is that I might do this thing that the whole earth would know that there's none like me. I'm the one true God. So he says in verse 16, And in every deed... Well, let's start with 15. For now I will stretch out my hand that I might smite thee and thy people with pestilence, and thou shalt be cut off from the earth. Uh, in, ver in the previous verse, verse 14, he says, That you may know us that there is none like me in all the earth. And then he continues on, and he says, And in very deed, for this cause have I raised thee up, for to show thee in my power that my name may be declared throughout all the earth. As yet exaltest thou thyself against my people, thou, that thou wilt not let them go. Behold, tomorrow about this time I will cause it to rain a very grievous hail, such as not has been seen in Egypt since the foundation thereof and until now. Send there, therefore now, and gather thy cattle and all that thou hast in the field, for upon every man and beast which shall be found in the field and shall not be brought home, the hail shall come down upon them, and they shall die." He that feared the word of Jehovah among the servants of Pharaoh made his servants and his cattle flee into the house. And he that regarded not the word of Jehovah left his servants and his cattle in the field. And Jehovah said unto Moses, Stretch forth thy hand towards heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt upon man, upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout all the land of Egypt. 
And Moses stretched forth his rod towards heaven, and Jehovah sent thunder and hail, and fire ran along upon the ground, and Jehovah rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail, and fire mingled with hail, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt, since it became a nation. And the hail smote throughout all the land of Egypt, all that was in the field, both man and beast. And the hail smote every herb of the field, and brake every tree of the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. And Pharaoh sent, and he called for Moses and Aaron, and said unto them, I have sinned this time. Jehovah is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Entreat Jehovah, for it is enough that there be no more mighty thunderings and hail, and I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. And Moses said unto him, As soon as I have gone out of the city, I will spread abroad my hands unto Jehovah, and the thunder shall cease. Neither shall there be any more hail, that thou mayest know how that the earth is Jehovah's. But as for thee and thy servants, I know that ye will not yet fear Jehovah Elohim. And the flax and the barley was smitten, for the barley was in the ear, and the flax was boiled, was bald. But the wheat and the rye were not smitten, for they were not grown up. And Moses went out of the city of Pharaoh, and spread abroad his hands unto Jehovah. And the thunders and the hail ceased, and the rain was not poured upon the earth. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunders were ceased, he sinned yet more. And he hardened his heart, he and his servants. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, neither would he let the children of Israel go, as Jehovah had spoken by Moses. And that, my friends, is the end of our portion study for this week. And I hope that you were blessed and Hope you enjoyed uh, the restored name. And uh, yeah, wild story. Uh, Hail mingled with fire. That ought to get some people's attention. And you know, it said the people who feared God, even the Egyptians who feared and believed what he had to say, they were spared, right? Because they were like, okay, he really is going to do what he says he's going to do. Let's bring our animals in. But those who didn't, Fear God, who didn't believe, they left their servants and their cattle out, and it was destroyed by the thundering and the the hail and the fire. Meanwhile, just like some of the previous plagues in the Goshen area where the Hebrews were, none of this was happening. It was very specific. It just shows that God knows how to spare His people, knows how to preserve His people in the midst of judging a nation, and that should give us great confidence and great hope and great joy knowing that our God is able and willing to preserve his own. Well, that's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.